so we have to recognize that the opportunities to fall into this sin are about as wide-reaching as anything that we could desire. Because where we desire that, there's the opportunity to take that a step further into sin, into covetousness. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler, and I am your host. Thanks for joining us today. So welcome back to our series on the Ten Commandments. As you may have noticed, this episode is titled as Part 9, which means that there are, in fact, some episodes prior to this one to enjoy. While these episodes do definitely sort of stand alone, I would still say that they go better together, which is why this is a series. So I would highly encourage you, if you haven't listened to those previous episodes, go ahead and pause this episode real quick, give those a listen, and then come right back to this one. Because I think that it can be really helpful to just have that background from those episodes before getting into this week's discussion. Alright, so with that, If you're still here, I will assume that you are in it for the long haul today. So just as we did with the episodes previous to this one in our Ten Commandments series, let's go ahead and start things off today by reading the verses from Exodus chapter 20 that this topic of the Ten Commandments comes from. And those verses specifically are Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 21. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled. 
And they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen. But do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off, while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. All right, so this week we will be discussing the final commandment here, which we are going to refer to for brevity's sake as you shall not covet. And right off the bat, let's take a moment here to just define the key word right there, covet. So looking at the definition provided by Merriam-Webster, we can define this verb covet as to feel excessive desire for what belongs to another. And this is where we have to make the first distinction. Coveting is not synonymous with admiring. We can appreciate the value or the beauty of something without coveting it. For example, if you go over to your friend's house and they have a great big ultra high definition flat screen TV with surround sound speakers, you know, maybe one of those really fancy ones that kind of curves as it goes out, you know what I'm talking about. There's nothing wrong with recognizing that their TV is, is a really nice TV. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and enjoying watching a movie with them on that fancy entertainment system. The problem arises when we walk away no longer satisfied with the TV in our own living room, thinking to ourselves, I need one of those for my house. There's that feeling of, you know, I want it so badly that it almost hurts. This is where we start to get into covetousness. Now, another important point concerning this commandment is that, unlike the previous nine, which here in Exodus at least address words and actions, you know, they're, they're referring to the conduct of individuals, this commandment, even from its original appearance here, is centered around a person's heart. And this provides us with a lot of valuable insight into the far-reaching nature of sin, as well as this particular sin of covetousness. And so remembering that this has to do with our thoughts and our heart, we can see that we begin to covet when our desires get mixed around and out of order, so to speak. When we're coveting something, we're valuing it so highly that we are focusing on that more than on obeying God and trusting in his provision. And that desire for a particular item or maybe a relationship is consuming. You know, it constantly occupies our thoughts. And that is the danger of covetousness. Because instead of recognizing the blessings that God has given to us or to others, we switch to desiring those things that others have, rather than fervently desiring God. And I make that distinction there 
you know, items or relationships, because often we think about coveting, we think about greed, things like that, envy, and our minds are drawn to things of monetary value, you know, wealth or status symbols, maybe it's a fancy car or jewelry or just a big number in a bank account. We think about those things very readily, and rightly so to a point, but there's also a lot of potential and opportunity for us to fall into that covetousness regarding individuals. Looking at, you know, here it even mentions your neighbor's wife, but this goes both ways. You know, it could be a woman coveting the the husband of another woman. And so we have to recognize that the opportunities to fall into this sin are about as wide-reaching as anything that we could desire. Because where we desire that, there's the opportunity to take that a step further into sin, into covetousness. And that's an important point. Covetousness, or the act of coveting, opens the door to sin. Because when we reach that point, we will sin in order to obtain that which we covet. It's a lot like lust in that way. And so today, let's just take a moment to discuss how we can avoid covetousness as well as the dangers of coveting. So first off, why specifically is coveting so destructive? We've already discussed a little bit how coveting stands in the way of our relationship with God, both by putting us in a position where we're more willing to sin because we desire that thing so much, but also where we are desiring those things over God. We've discussed those two a little bit, but I want to take some more time here to elaborate on that. Because covetousness leads us to prioritize things over obedience and reliance on God, which can very quickly lead us to idolatry. When our number one goal is the good thing that God has created— not the creator himself, we're walking in a way that is outright contrary to the will of God. And even just thinking about covetousness in this way, it's pretty clear to see how it quickly leads to idolatry. But this is also a conclusion that is strongly supported in Scripture as well. And I have a couple passages here that discuss covetousness and idolatry together. The first of these is going to be Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Put to death, therefore, that which is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming. The next passage is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 through 5. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, 
has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Here we see covetousness directly regarded as idolatry. And when we elevate anything to a level greater than serving the Lord, it is idolatrous, plain and simple. So it's clear to see here where that connection comes in. And since this is a Ten Commandments series, it's also worth pointing out that such idolatry would be in direct contradiction to the first two commandments. You shall have no other gods before me. As well as the commandment against idolatry, in which the Lord commands, You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Ultimately, for those who engage in it, covetousness creates a second master, which we also know is incompatible with following God from passages such as Matthew chapter 6, verses 22 through 24. The eye is the lamp of the body. So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. And for more on that concept of serving two masters, I would also point you to an episode we did on this very topic a little bit ago. I believe that was episode number 44 for those who are interested in giving that a quick listen. But moving forward here, so if we're to avoid covetousness, what should we then be striving for instead? Well, the answer also starts with the letter C, but is a quite different state of mind. Because we should be turning from covetousness and striving for contentment. See, unlike a covetous attitude, when we are content, we are thankful for the blessings that the Lord has given us, rather than envying others for what they have. Once again, we can look to Scripture to support the value of contentment. And I have a few verses or passages here to shine a little bit more of a light on the importance of contentment in the Christian walk. The first of these is Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Keep your life free from love of money, and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Next is Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And the final passage, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. But godliness with contentment is great gain. 
for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. So instead of looking at the things our friends, our family, or neighbors have, and allowing that desire to drive our actions, let's instead consider just how good God has been in our lives and praise him for his incredible grace. Let's let that contentment and that spirit of thankfulness drive our actions instead as we seek to grow closer to God. So as we begin to come to a close today, I will share one final verse that I feel really sums up this topic quite nicely, and it's Luke chapter 12, verse 15. And he said to them, Take care, and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And with all these things in mind, this will bring us to the end of our series discussing the Ten Commandments. I hope and pray that something we discuss today or throughout this series as a whole has been a benefit or an encouragement to you in some way. I can say that I personally have truly enjoyed getting to go commandment by commandment through this passage over the summer, and it is my wish that those listening have had a similar experience to that. So with all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Account of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings. Mm -hmm.